you know, everything feels like it's crumbling, everything feels like it's falling apart and quite often, you know, those things happen for us but it can very much feel like it's happening to us and that we have no control and that we have no way out. Welcome to Finding Your Spark again. I am so happy to have here with me Catherine Cornwall, who is going to talk to us today about what the best tools to use in order to get back to yourself, right? In order to get back when you're uh, really going through tough times. And the reason that I was so excited, I am so excited to have uh, Catherine with us today is that tough times are tough times. And a lot of times people feel like, no, no, my thing is harder than your thing. But the reality of how we we walk through life is from our own individual perspective. And so whether that thing that you're walking through is, you know, a difficulty with money or a difficulty with relationships, or as we usually talk about on this podcast, uh, a difficulty with losing a loved one or losing your sense of identity, right? A loss of some sort, um, no matter what that difficulty is that you're having, the steps to get to a place that's better are really kind of the same, even though you might be starting in different places. So I'm so excited. Thank you, Kath, for coming and uh, can't wait to hear. Yeah, no, thank you for having me, Donalyn. Really excited to be here. Um, and yeah, it's just, it's interesting because I'm actually coming off the back of what has been, I would say, three weeks of deep, deep healing for me. Um, I really have been going through, um, you know, quite a tough time myself, um, you know, the last the last kind of three weeks. And that came off the back of, you know, a breakup. I, I went through a, a breakup, um, ended a three-year relationship back at the start of April. And then I just got really busy. <laughs> I got really busy and I, um, you know, had a lot on my plate and kind of distracted myself a lot, which is something that I'm going to talk about, which is something that we often do. Um, in order to numb out the feeling of going through the tough time. And then um, I had a just a, an experience that triggered me. It triggered me and it completely pushed me <laughs> off the edge, you know, off that cliff. And I've been spending the last three weeks really, really processing all of that. So, you know, it, it's, it's actually very timely to be on this podcast talking to you about this, you know, this subject, because it's very poignant for me. It's very timely for me. So... It always happens at perfect timing, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> it really does, yeah. 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 Perfect divine timing. Um, but, you know, it's it's levels and there are layers, you know, to the healing healing journey. I think we're all on it. And, you know, it doesn't really matter, as you say, what the trigger is. It could be loss. It could be grievance. It could be that something has happened to you. It could just be that you're going through a dark night of the soul situation you know everything feels like it's crumbling everything feels like it's falling apart and quite often you know those things happen for us but it can very much feel like it's happening to us and that we have no control and that we have no way out um you know oftentimes we can feel like we're in the void where we just lack motivation we lack purpose we lack direction and sometimes it can feel like we don't really know why that is, you know, well, well, I'm happy. I have the money. I have the family. I have the job. I have everything that I need. I have the career, the business, whatever that looks like. Why am I so unfulfilled? 
you know why and that's oftentimes because we're in the void and it's asking us to go inward it's asking us to reflect it's asking us to explore why that might be and you know another another scenario I think that well the scenario that I certainly went through recently is having past trauma come up and having past trauma come up that hasn't been fully processed from a really really long time ago where you think you might have processed it but it takes for you to have gone through something else in the 3D something else that allows you to peel away that extra layer of the onion you know it's like you've gone down so many layers of healing and then boom something happens in your reality that says yep now you're ready you're ready to do this next level of healing and that's certainly where i've i've been in the last 3 weeks and i think in terms of tools to support with that for me the tools or the modalities it it's that the best ones for me are the ones that are just available to all of us anytime. <laughs> you know, you don't have to go and invest a ton of money. You know, I, I have actually paid. Um, I do have a, I've hired a healer recently. I hired a hypnotherapist actually for, to process, you know, a lot of what, you know, would come up for me during the breakup. Um, I do obviously recommend investing in a, whether it be a therapist or whether it be a coach or whatever it is that you think you need at that time. You know, I, I firmly believe in being fully supported on my journey. And oftentimes you can't see the label when you're on the inside of the jar. So, you know, it's worth it's worthwhile doing that. But oftentimes, you know, we may not be able to invest. You know, we may not be able to hire somebody. And so there are tools that are available to us at any time that are free, that actually are some of the most powerful modalities that we have available to us, which I'm happy to talk about. I feel certain that our guests will really, our listeners will really want to hear about free tools. <laughs> and, and I agree that, you know, often we think it's out there and that if I just had the money to pay the person to take it away from me or to help me to process it or to get outside my own head, or if I just had a best friend, but that's the problem or right. All of those things. And, um, when we really just stop and connect, then we can find things that are super simple, like what you're talking about, that they're, they're simple. They're not always easy, but they're simple and they're available, right? Yeah. So I love that you're going to talk about that with us. That's really great. Uh, yes. Tell me a little bit about, if you want, about the tools that that you were able to use in addition to, of course, obviously, if you have the means to invest in uh, working with other people, it's much easier. It's more fun. You find a way forward in this way that can bring whole new relationships. So there's there's a lot of benefit in that, but also there is a huge amount of benefit in being able to get quiet. And that's the thing that happened for me, certainly in the past year since my husband passed, is that the more that I get quiet with me, the more mm. that I strengthen that relationship with me, then the easier and more fun it is to be involved with everybody else and suddenly the world is a lot less irritating than it used to be right <laughs> so anyway Absolutely. i'd love to hear about what tools what the tools are that you used uh, on that journey or that you would recommend using on that journey yeah no very very happy to share and just something that you touched on there it, it reminds me of something that i came across recently online that really struck a note with me which is people can only meet you as deeply as they've met themselves and in order for us to hold space for other people, in order for us to show love to other people, in order for us to be, 
there for other people we have to go inward we have to have healed we have to have met ourselves at a certain level so I love that you said that. It's absolutely true. I mean, I cannot tell you how many times people come to me and say, I can't meditate or I breathing is silly and I can't count to three while I breathe and you know, all those things. And in fact, I believe them, right? I don't mean to diminish that, that struggle that they're going through, but in reality, if you can't get to the point where you're able to decide to have enough control over your body and your mind. I, the, one of the people I love to uh, work with is always says, master your body, you know? And the thing is that like, we have a lot more control than we, um, than we realize in our day-to-day -day life and in the society in which we live, we say, well, I just have to go to the bathroom. That's just the way it is, you know? And your body will wait. It is amazing. And that relationship of like, okay, now I set my intention and I become in control of that uh, is, mm. is that, that step that opens up the doors to so many different, opens up the doors to so many different modalities that you can then bring in and can bring you relief, but without it, you can't get anywhere. You know, first of all, I just want to say that it's really important for us to take a step back if we can when we're in the pain, when we're in the, you know, the, 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 the real pain of it, you know, the real belly of it. And remember that tough times do not last. They, they just don't last. And when we're in it, it can feel like it's gonna go on forever. And, you know, if you suffer with stress or anxiety and depression, it can really, really feel, you know, that you're not gonna get out of the hole. But tough times don't last and, and you do start to spiral up at some point. For me, I think modalities really depend on what it is that's happened in your life, right? And not all modalities will work for everybody, um, but it's good to have as many in your toolbox as you possibly can. And um, I really love that, you know, the saying, you've got to feel to heal. So the number one thing for me is emotional processing. It is recognizing that your emotions are there for a reason. They are there to tell a story. They are trying to speak to you. <laughs> it's trying to tell us that it wants to be recognized, that it has a message, that there is something there for us to address. And that is all emotion is. And, and emotion is simply energy in motion. And quite oftentimes what can happen is that we can end up in a food feedback loop, whereby if we have emotion that comes up, if we experience an emotionally traumatic event, and what happens is that quite often time, well, what actually happens scientifically is that the conscious mind, which is quite limited, cannot process the emotion, the reality of the traumatic event. So what it does is it kind of trapdoors that memory, as it were, down to the subconscious. Okay. And it gets stored in the subconscious mind and it stays in the subconscious mind until something else happens <laughs> in life that triggers us. And then it comes back up again and it's like, ah. <laughs> you've not processed me, you've not addressed me, here I am again, making you feel terrible all over again. And what we oftentimes do, and it's really, really easy for us to do this now in, in this day and age, is we numb it out. We suppress, we numb, and we move it forward. So in the UK, we have a phrase that says, stiff upper lip. You know, we're not very emotional. We tend to just, you know, stiff upper lip it and just work, you know, start, start carrying on through life. It's not healthy. It is not healthy. You end up with a generation of traumatized adults that are not, you know, processing their own traumas. 
Um, emotion has to be felt to be released. It has to be felt to heal, to be healed. And it can be done as simply as sitting with it. And this is something that you just mentioned. It is sitting with the pain. It is going inward. It is understanding it. It's not labeling it or shaming it or judging yourself for it or anything like that. Quite simply, what you need to do is sit in a quiet space and just feel it, go inward. And you can do that through meditation or you can do it just by simply feeling it. And then you might get an emotional response. You might cry. You might get angry. You might want to punch a pillow. That's great. Do it. Let it out. Let it out. Let it out. Feel it. Let it out. Feel it. Let it out. And that's all emotional processing is. It's honoring our feelings. It's honoring that they have a purpose. It's honoring that they're there for a reason. And it's being gentle with ourselves through the process. And that's something that anybody can do at any time. But we're very much conditioned to go, no, I'm busy with work. I'm busy with the family. I'm busy with the kids. I, I haven't got time to feel this. I haven't got time to have a breakdown. I haven't got time to have a meltdown. Therefore, I'm just going to drink alcohol. Maybe I'll take some pills. Maybe I'll just become a workaholic. I'll just work my way through the pain. I'll just distract myself with Netflix, you know, um, binges, whatever it is. Maybe I'll emotionally eat. I'll just eat my way through it, which many people do. Addictions come off the back of us not being able to process our emotions correctly. Um, we're constantly trying to numb out with addiction. So feel to heal is, is my first most easiest e easiest to access <laughs> cheapest and and most effective i would say tools nice, nice. Yeah. so i would love to kind of dig a little deeper on this so a lot of times what happens when people go through well honestly when we are in a place that we didn't used to be in and we didn't volunteer to go there right of anything right job loss uh, spouse loss all of it uh, what happens is we often have this um, loop that happens in our brains. So a lot of times what happens is there is this loop that's going on in the mind and it's, it's attached to the feelings that you're talking about, right? It's attached to guilt and shame and worry, even when those aren't the primary emotions. I know I certainly experienced it when my husband passed. Um, he, he passed, I was part of his care team in a really significant way. And I knew, I knew in my soul and I knew in my mind that, you know, there was nothing else that I could have done. Right. I was at, at peace, but still when you close your eyes and you try to go into that space, still there's a piece of you that goes like, wait a minute, what about that thing? Maybe there was that one moment, uh, you know, two years ago that if I had been different, it wouldn't have come out this way. Right. So sometimes there's this loop that happens and, um, that's, I find stands in the way of people getting to what is the true emotion that's happening. And I wonder if you could speak to that in that feel to heal sort of paradigm. I think for me, the more focus that we put on this work, the more attention that we put on this work, the more committed we are to going inward and understanding it and making sense of it, but also detaching ourselves from it in that it doesn't mean anything about us, right? We're not our emotion. Our emotions are not us. We are not our thoughts. Thoughts is just simply something our mind thinks and it comes from conditioning and it comes from patterning and it comes from programming, okay? It's, it's not us. And for me, I think interrupting that feedback loop for me has come the deeper that I've gone. 
and the more that I have processed and the more that I remind myself and recognize that it is not me. It is just simply something. I guess there's a, I guess there's a, 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 not a disassociation, but certainly a separation and recognizing that it is not me and I'm not, I'm not making it mean anything about me. And that, that's what's helped me. Um, and I don't know if there are any more structured ways that people could interrupt that loop. I don't know, but certainly on my journey, that, that is what has helped me to break through and spiral, yeah. start falling back up again. Yeah. Yeah. So I think, I think that, uh, my, my experience with it is very similar to that in that, um, often if what we can do is to decide consciously decide, mm. I am unwilling to spend my energy on that thought at this moment. And mm. really a lot of times when I work with people to, to, for them to speak to themselves in a way where we say, Hey, listen, guilt and shame and worry and strife. Uh, I'm, I'm going to get to you. I'm not going to yep. ignore you. I'm going to get to you. But at this moment, I want to put you aside and find some silence in myself, find some peace, find some connection to something larger than me. And in fact, that often when we shift that focus, right? Cause that's that pattern interrupt you were talking about. It's like, how do we, how do we just get past the first three breaths <laughs> and then, then we can do the work. Yeah. 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 That's really good. Um, and I love that you talked about like letting emotion come up and letting it pass through. Mm. And that idea of passing through is not, um, I am, I am going to, oh, I feel sadness. Oh, why am I sad? Oh, let me explore the sadness. Let me get into this. Oh, it's true. I should be sad. You know, I deserve to be sad, you know, right? Mm -hmm. It's not going deeper into that emotion, no. but in fact, yeah. releasing and saying, okay, yeah, I, I feel you. Come on out. You Absolutely. It's not think to heal. It's feel to heal. <laughs> we, we, we become, we become, you know, we, become, we psychoanalyze, you know, our own, I mean, yeah, no, it isn't. And that's the whole thing about judgment. It's the whole thing about don't judge it, don't shame it, don't have any opinion over it because then you're in your mind again and the, the mind is the seat of the ego and the ego just wants to make sense of everything because it wants to try and protect us from the pain. Um, and you know, something, something that really has worked for me is um, something that Eckhart Tolle teaches, which is to become the watcher of your thoughts. Because quite oftentimes we can really, really get in our heads and get in our minds um, about everything. And that's what happens when we try to psychoanalyze our emotions, but it's also just day to day. We think over 60,000 thoughts a day. You know, there, there are so many of them that we think, and most of it is absolute rubbish. We don't need to listen to any of it. Um, the, mind, the mind is a wonderful tool, but we overuse our minds, you know, considerably. And when we become the watcher of our thoughts, it interrupts the thought pattern. And then it instantly drops us into the present moment and peace, resides in the present moment so we constantly bring ourselves back to the present moment we can find peace because when we're constantly thinking about the past we're thinking guilt shame regret etc blame whatever it is that we're thinking about but then when we're also thinking about the future it's worry anxiety what if scenarios you know i mistrust myself in the future you know i don't believe that i can you know and it does it elicits you have anxiety over here and depression over here but actually when you get into the present moment, 
that is where true peace can be found. So if we just practice that more and more, it gets easier to achieve on a daily basis or intermediate basis. Yeah. So so you referenced this concept of spiraling up. And I'd love to explore that a little bit and let our listeners know how, first of all, what is it? And second of all, how can they kind of navigate that? How can we navigate going up? I don't know whether or not any of your listeners know of Abraham Hicks or Esther Hicks, but um, it's also taught by um, Dr. David Hawkins on the scale of consciousness. And it's a fascinating body of work, which I absolutely love. And it's really, really helped me on my journey. But effectively, all emotions, whether it be negative here, positive here, all have a level of consciousness um, or vibrational frequency attached to them. So um, what you say, you know, low frequency emotions are quite dense and slow moving. These are negative emotions, I guess. It's not really any, it's not really bad or good. Okay. No emotion is bad or good or positive, negative, but we'll call it positive, negative. Okay. So we can differentiate. Actually, I love that you're talking about this because I teach a thing about why we call it above the line and below the line. Above and below the line. Yeah. And I think I've, I've talked about this maybe in other podcasts, but there's a different response that's happening in your body. And that yeah. for me is where the line is, right? So the line is a it's a physical thing. It's not like just etheric. I judge sadness to be something I don't want. And I judge passion to be something I do want. But in fact, a physiological thing that when we're in a stress response, then those are emotions that are below the line. And when we're in a growth response, an open, joyous uh, uh, growth response, space a space where we can digest food and you know do all these things that that we do at peace then we're above the line so i love that you're talking about that yeah no absolutely it's the same concept and so right down the very very bottom of the scale you'll have really low dense emotions you'll have shame i think shame is right at the bottom um you know you'll have guilt you'll have blame you'll have um even apathy, you know, is a negative emotion, you know, being apathetic, is, you know, you might think that's neutrality. It's not the same thing. Um, apathy is I don't care. And that's a negative emotion. Um, if you're in, if you are in the midst of the pain, if you are really, really feeling traumatized, okay, by whatever it is that you've got going on at the moment, you can feel shame, right? You can feel guilt. You can feel, um, you know, real anxiety over that stuff. And, Sometimes it's not always, you, you can't go shame, joy. They're too far away from each other on the scale. Okay. So think about below the line is spiraling down. Okay. And then above the line is spiraling up. What you want to do is you need to try and choose an emotion or try to feel an emotion that's, you know, not, not above the line necessarily, but it is not as far down as shame. So you might want to get, if you go from shame to guilt, yeah, okay, that's not great, but you're going up the scale. You're spiraling up. And you might want to go from guilt to blame. Okay, well, you're spiraling up. And these are not in any particular order, by the way, because I don't have a chart in front of me, but bear with me. And you know, I want to choose anger. Now, you might think that anger is a terrible emotion to have, but actually it's way better than being in shame. <laughs> way, way better than being in guilt. Choose anger, and then you're spiraling up. You're starting to get up there. And then you might want to choose apathy, you know? Where you want to get to is a place of neutrality, which is on the line. If you can get to a place of neutrality, then you're cooking on gas. You know, you can start to choose more positive thoughts that will lead to more positive emotions from that place of neutrality. 
But it's really, really difficult to jump from one part of the scale, significant part of the scale to the other. What you do is you choose consciously better feeling thoughts and emotions and just allow yourself to move up the curve or up the spiral in order to start to feel better by choosing better feeling emotions. And then eventually you'll get back to, you know, a bit of joy. <laughs> acceptance, you know, I think acceptance is, you know, just above the line. I think that's a really positive place to be in. And you just build on it. You build on it and work on it every day. And you might slip back down. You might spiral back down on a day, but you know, you can always spiral yourself back up again. We, we do have a choice. People often feel disempowered and that everything is happening to them. But what I coach and teach is that actually we are always in control and life can happen for us, but we have to go inward in order to understand all of this about ourselves, recognize it, and then start to use these tools that are available to everybody to start managing ourselves back up the, the spiral. Yeah, it laughs so hard when you say about anger being better than some of the other emotions uh, in terms of uh, upward movement and forward movement, because uh, I, just after my husband passed, my house sold. And so uh, there was a lot of sort of dealing with people and things and the things you don't want to do when you want to grieve. You just want to kind of sit around by yourself and maybe you're even going to work on yourself or maybe you're just going to sit around by yourself, right? And um, <laughs> I kept saying to myself, I had a little mantra and I would say it out loud sometimes, anger is better than sadness. Anger is better than sadness. And because you couldn't get lost, right? And for me in that moment, it was significant in a three-dimensional reality kind of way because there were people standing around waiting for instructions, you know? And, I, you know, so I really on purpose had to move those emotions up and out and remind myself which direction was better. And at one point, one of the guys that worked for me for the whole period said, I'm really not sure that's true. I, I don't think that's true. And I said, yeah, it's not true for you, but it's true for me. It's not true for the people around me. They're happier when I'm in sadness, but, yeah. uh, but it's way better for me because I'm passing through. Right. And so I can go to the next thing. It's not about what makes other people comfortable. And this is where, again, we can get lost. This is where we don't process our emotions because we're trying to make everybody else around us feel comfortable. It is not about them. We have to prioritize ourselves. And I'm not saying you should go around being angry and hitting people. Of course not. It has to be in a controlled way. No, it's not acceptable for you to take it out on other people all of the time. Um, absolutely not. But also you shouldn't be shutting down your emotions or bypassing your emotions to make other people feel comfortable ever. I'm so glad you pointed it out. It's, it's absolutely true. And also that, um, that we're passing through. Right. We're passing through it. It's not like, OK, now I'm going to spend six months being angry. Right. It's really we can be passing through it in a moment or we can be passing through it in a few minutes or an hour or whatever it is. And as you say, we can find uh, productive ways to to find an outlet for that. Right. You can go to the quarry and give a good yell. Right. There are a lot of ways to process anger that don't involve um, difficulty for other people. Um, but also, uh, the, the thing about practice that you mentioned, I think is really significant to point out that mm. practicing being in other emotions, even if for today, I'm only neutral for two minutes because I sat down and I found it. I mastered that space and I said, I'm going to find it. And maybe it took me an hour of sitting there to find that two minutes of, of silence, of calm, of 
neutrality of peace. Uh, there were no angels singing, right? It doesn't have to be like the most spectacular spiritual awakening you ever had to just find it and then go back and get it again tomorrow and go back and get it again at, in the evening and go back and get it again in the morning and at lunch and at, right and that that will gain momentum and eventually neutrality becomes interest and becomes a little bit of playfulness maybe if you're me i playfulness is pretty far down on that scale cuz i i reach for it all the time i love it um <laughs> but you can just keep working your way toward those really good yeah. feelings it is indeed and i think that gets me on to another thing that i think is really important it's recognizing when we're in our heads and in our minds which in this day and age we're just so conditioned even just through the education system we're just so conditioned to identify with the mind and you know, we're constantly in our heads and actually the mind is the, a great tool, but it is the seat of the ego. Um, quite oftentimes we can think thoughts that are just simply not correct or not true. And it triggers an emotional response in us. Um, and it can trigger a fear-based thought, which are negative emotion. And it can, you know, continue that feedback loop, right? Over and over again, because you're thinking the thought, feeling the feeling, the th and the feeling creates the thought and the thought creates the feeling and it <laughs> keeps looping around like this. And how you interrupt that is you recognize when you're in your mind and you practice reconnecting with your heart space. Many of us are very disconnected from our hearts. We have a, we have a mind brain, we have a heart brain and we have a gut brain. We have three brains. We don't have just one brain. We have three brains. And the heart is arguably more powerful than the mind but we are very disconnected from it. So practices to reconnect with our heart space is quite literally putting down the technology, put down the phone, get off social media, the phone, the technology, again, great tool. It gets us in our minds, keeps us in our minds. We have to relinquish it, let it go, get into nature. You know, you mentioned the quarry, <laughs> go to the quarry, get out in nature. Don't take your phone. Okay. Obviously there's meditation as well. Meditation of course is fantastic, but not everybody can meditate. If you can't sit down and meditate, what I absolutely love doing is I go on a meditative walk, which is just a very mindful walk. You know, I feel my body as I'm walking. I am present watching the trees. I'm aware of all the sounds around me, you know, and I'm just very, very present on the walk. That is a meditation. It's a meditative state, obviously breath work and deep breathing again, reconnects us with our heart space. And also you mentioned playfulness, which I love, but just moving your body and dancing, you know, have a little dance party, you know, at home, put some uplifting music on that reconnects us with our heart space, you know, and listening to uplifting music, you know, music that feels good, not music that triggers <laughs> another memory that's going to make us feel terrible. You know, it's, 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 uplifting music only right but those are practices that really help us to reconnect with our heart space and that again it's, it's a practice because it takes practice and the first thing to do is to recognize how often you are in your head on an average day and it's yeah. almost all day <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah and i find that even uh when we're in our day-to-day -day life that to literally bring our hand to our chest mm. just yeah. Just even when you're like standing, talking to somebody and you can feel things happening in your body and you're thinking this is going in the wrong direction, then to bring your hand to your chest can just bring your awareness. Great to do in meditation if you can do it, but to take that moment 
while you're off going to the restroom, away from people, right? To yeah. just bring your hand to your chest can really remind you that you have a heart. <laughs> right? it, yeah, we forget. Easy to forget. <laughs> easy to forget. Yeah, we easy forget. to forget. Yeah. yeah. And just by putting your hand on it, it directs your attention to it. And when you you direct your attention inward, it brings you back, it grounds you into the present moment. Mm. Anything that gets you out of your head grounds you back into your present moment. Because Abraham Hicks talks about the fact that our natural state, our natural state is, yeah, our natural state is abundance. Our natural state is, is, is joy. You know, it's, it, 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 it is joy. It's, it's freedom, not, growth, support. joy, right? Freedom, yeah, growth, yeah. joy. Yeah. Freedom, joy, joy, natural state. Think about a, like a cork bobbing on the water, right? A cork bobs. That's our natural state. What we spend all of our time doing is forcing the cork under the water all the time. We're constantly pushing the cork down. We're constantly forcing ourselves, believe it or not, through associating with the mind and thinking thoughts that don't serve us and, judging ourselves and you know bypassing our emotions whatever it is that that looks like we're constantly forcing the cork down um whereas if we just let go if we just surrender if we get to a place of neutrality the cork bobs back up to the surface all on its own we don't have to do anything these are so great uh ways of thinking about this one of the things that i hear often and i would love to hear your response to it is um okay that's all fine for you because you have a different belief system than i do but i belong to this religion or this religion or this religion and we don't think it works that way and i wonder if you could speak to that a little bit <sighs> yeah so i mean i grew up i mean i grew up christian um albeit i didn't study and you know I, I stopped going to church you know at a at a quite a young age um though I still go to the church I still went I went to St Paul's Cathedral at the weekend um <laughs> and I pray I still do you know I, I still do I have a deep appreciation okay for Christianity Jesus and for you know many other religions as well but I don't I do not identify or associate with any one religion they all have a purpose they all um you know, that they all serve us in some way um, as humanity. I think, look, beliefs are yours and beliefs are yours to change. I think if you are associated a member of studying something that doesn't feel in an alignment, but is prevent or is preventing you from being happier <laughs> in life, then I would I would just question whether that association affiliation wherever it is whether that belief system that you've bought into because you don't have to you're making a conscious choice to buy into it i would question whether it is of the highest for you rightly or wrongly and my, people will tear me down for this right because you know it's it's a very sensitive subject i understand it okay i get it people derive you know a lot of community they derive a lot of meaning they derive a lot of sense of self from a particular religious body okay church whatever it is that that looks like there's nothing wrong with holding opposing belief systems there's nothing wrong with holding something that's more spiritually esoteric at the same time as the teachings of jesus i don't think there's yeah. anything wrong with mixing and matching i don't think there's anything wrong with inserting a bit of buddhism into your day if you know if you go to the church on sunday I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I don't think that God, and there is only one God. I mean, God doesn't judge. God doesn't care how you 
you know, pray to them. God simply wants you to be the happiest, wholest, healthiest version of yourself. And to not do that, I think is to be in sin, if I'm perfectly honest. And that's what I believe about it. So I think we are limiting ourselves enormously by sticking with a very, very narrow set of views or belief systems that are not necessarily serving us if they're not necessarily serving us if this if the if those teach if those narrow teachings those narrow belief systems and ways of being are serving you at the highest level then great if it isn't attach some new ones onto it <laughs> mix and match it shift and change it but but we as individuals have the choice yeah i i find that um free reframing the question of it, it does this serve me? Does having the belief that my body is the subconscious mind, right? Which is not particularly a religious thought, but that it's expressing itself and it's holding these uh, subconscious programs that I put in there, right? Does having that belief, uh, does it serve me? And am I able to utilize those new beliefs, whatever those new beliefs are, like I'd like to work with my emotions? Um, regardless of my religious or other spiritual, I mean, many people have a non-religious and multiple belief systems. Um, so that for me, that reframing question is what you said actually is that, how does this serve me? If this serves me, can I utilize it for now? And I will often tell people, I don't care if you believe it in this moment, it will serve you. And mm-hmm. you can you can let go of it at the end of the session. You can not have it as a part of your bigger belief system. It's fine. But for this, we're going to look at it through this specific lens and work mm-hmm. at it through the specific lens. And then when we're done, you're going to be in a different place. The other thing that I've had people come back to me and say, which is really interesting, is this shown a whole new light on my religion, on the thing that I do love and I do want to be a part of and I do feel like these stories are helping me and I love that I have a historic reference and all of that um, that making these shifts adding these things to your uh, day-to-day experience being here in the three-dimensional 2022 to add that to that program that you've got right can really change your relationship in a positive way so I love that we're we're getting to sort of flesh that out a little bit nice yeah absolutely I think I think things can be integrated and can act as an enhancer to your religious practice you know yeah yeah I I, 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 I mean that's my belief of course but yeah 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 I love that that's really great so uh I am just so happy that you came and that we worked ourselves out on the tech. And uh, <laughs> so I want I want our listeners to know, actually, I don't know if we'll keep this in or we won't keep this in, but I hope we do. Because uh, sometimes it's not easy to do this. Sometimes we have connectivity problems and we have to go to different platforms. But no matter what, we move forward and we find a way. And I think that that's really analogous with what we're talking about, right? It's like, we just do the best we can. We find a new way. We have, we're on a different platform. So you're going to hear more of my background noise than you usually do. And, you know, all that kind of stuff. And hopefully that's still a value. You know what I mean? So uh, anyway, I'm, I'm so happy that you came here today. Thank you. 
Yeah, no, thank you for having me. And just something, I just want to say there, something you just mentioned and something that I think is really been, been so important on my journey is, um, you know, I'm a recovering perfectionist and it's learning to be comfortable with taking imperfect action and knowing that, you know what, you can never get it wrong <laughs> and we can never get it done. And actually forward momentum, pivoting and flexibility is actually so much more important than showing up perfectly. So I love yes. that. Yes, yes. Oh, so funny. Uh, one of my family members the other day was asking me about how do you make the podcast and everything. And and I've edited many of these episodes and now I have a little bit of help, but uh, I've done a lot of them. They said, how could you possibly edit yourself? I mean, you know, don't you have feelings when you look at yourself? And I think, no, I, I just think she's she was there. She's present. She's like, that's who I was in that moment. And now I'm, I'm a new me because I have moved on to the next moment, the next moment, the next moment. And that idea of letting go of perfection is really a piece of that. It's like, it doesn't matter who I am or what, what I look like or what I sound like that whatever this is that we're doing, the intention of it for me is to show up in a stream of service and joy and fun and interest and knowledge and right so that's the whole purpose of it so like if my hair is out of place or my i click my mouth too much or whatever the thing you know then like this is the best this is the best i could do this is it this is who i am right now um, so anyway i love that you're talking about imperfection it's really good absolutely i mean i'm literally sweating buckets here it's the hottest day so hot. in london in london it's the hottest day on record well tomorrow we're gonna break record for the uk um wow. yeah i mean we don't do heat or cold very well here um but yeah it's it's and i'm in a top floor apartment so it's very warm in here right now but you know what wow. we're here <laughs> we work it through sweaty that's and all right. that's right that's right that's right um so I want everybody to know that Catherine's information is on the platform that you're listening on. Whatever, whichever platform it is, I have put all the links there. And she does incredible work working with entrepreneurs, working with a money mindset, and really finding new ways to look at your life so that you can get to that place you want to get on your business. And uh, I'm so pleased that you took this time with us. Thank you. Thank you, Donalyn. Really lovely to meet you. Great to spend time with you. You as well. <laughs>